0: mark v smith author of the process thank you for joining me today for a new brand new message in my series the process if you have missed uh, the acronyms or messages in this or the prior series the foundation the perfect storm where do we go from here why not me and procrastination of thief of time you know what they can all be heard on several streaming outlets pandora iheartradio spotify itunes as well as others please search for mark smith the process to revisit and or listen to those messages it's important to me to reiterate the premise of what does legacy changing actions in 2022 look and consist of well <laughs> for starters i need to remind you of the goal or mission statement of this series you ready hopefully you, get, you have that pin in my life I've learned not only who I am, but what I am. This allows me to understand the why in my process and accept the blessings received to say, if I only knew then what I know now. Let's take a minute. Where have we been thus far? Well, I started uh, with discussing something that uh, lays within all of us at some point, the subject of inner turmoil. But like I've always said, We will get through life's challenges if we keep pushing. There were two travel experiences. One by Greyhound in which I I had time to take a look at uh, when I learned from a new perspective. And secondly, the most amazing trip to the shopping mall that allowed me to reassess who Mark is. Again, please uh, listen to those messages for more of an in-depth review of those acronyms that were used. I've um, always believed that no matter what, clarification over confrontation is the best way to identify things that we, I'm speaking for all of us, are not sure of or may have some questions about. Fact of the matter is, most of the assumptions that I've made in my life have led to problematic experiences due to not realizing the premise of what I just mentioned. A few weeks back, I was a guest on a podcast, and the host asked me a question. The question was, what was the turning point in my life that showed me speaking was what I was called to do? This was um, not the first time this question was asked of me on various shows and uh, different interviews, and I had no doubt it would not be the last. What I believed was different this time was the way in which the host of the show asked me the question. You know, I didn't or I don't mean that it was in a degrading tone, but one that provoked a deeper look into this response that I would give. Well, I, I still hold firm that the answer to this question that I truly believe um, is the gift of speaking chose me. I didn't choose it. But the more I looked within this statement, that's truly false. See, I find the wiser I get. Remember, not the older I get. The sense of awareness becomes heightened and I find myself searching for the core meaning versus the superficial ones. So as I pause to answer her question in the show, my thoughts begin to center around three questions I've always sought the answers for in my life. The who, the what, and the why, and how do I get the answer to each. Suddenly. I thought about the time I worked at par- a part-time job at Toys R Us many, many years ago, and it reminded me of my what became even more apparent and drove me to the why I'm doing this today. What? Widening the heart among difficult times. Are you ready? Let's go. Let's go with the first uh, first letter in what, which was the W, And I said that was widening learned at an early age that a man must do what he needs what needs to be done to provide for his family so i like others had to do what i needed to do when financial crisis came into play and that's get a second job and guess why i decided to do this yes start a part-time job at toys r us at that at the time i started working at toys r us my sons were very young so in their mind, there, there was the expectation for dad to bring home a new toy every single day. But of course, I had to remind them early and often that life doesn't work like that. I was hired to be an associate in the stock department, which included unloading the trucks with boxes among boxes of toys. On many days, I was the only person back there to unload those trucks with hundreds of boxes. <laughs> oh, I complained, but I got it done. It was not uncommon for me to start daydreaming while unloading those trucks. Visions of being on a beach or a mountain preserve anywhere, anywhere, but in the back of a semi-tractor trailer. But it was also there when I found out that widening my vision far beyond what I could see would change my scope in life. If you have uh, listened to me before, you know I don't use the word problems. I say situations. And that is because in widening my thought process, I've learned that when we focus on problems, you have more problems. When you focus on possibilities of your solutions, you will have more opportunities. Let me say that to you one more time. When you focus on your possibilities of your situation, you will have more opportunities. Well, in being one of the older wait a minute, wiser, employees there, some of the younger staff would always ask me why was I a man of so few words. They would say, Mr. Mark, do you want to go to break or lunch with us today? I would say, no, thank you, and keep just keep to myself. But one day, while unloading a truck on a freezing cold morning, the regional director came to the dock area and asked if he could speak with me. I don't know, now, hold on, I don't know about you, but this type of request, can I speak with you, or do you have a minute? Tends to utter thoughts in my mind of what is wrong. When I uh, when I exited the back of the truck, he asked me to come to the office, another warning sign, and to have a seat. Now, as we um, sat down, he asked me if I wanted a cup of coffee to warm my bones, and, and, uh, which I, I truly wanted one, but out of concern and respect, I, I declined. He proceeded to ask, Mark, can you please tell me what drives you to be so focused every day? And, and how can I imp- implement that mindset in all of my employees in every one of my stores? At first, I was in a state of unbelief that this man, the regional director of Toys R Us, overseer of 32 stores, was asking me how to redirect the mindset of over 1,800 employees. Knowing the answer to the question was that I was going to ask him, I still thought it was a good time to ask him already. So without hesitation, I asked him, had he thought about the process of widening? (laughs) Of course, of course he didn't. So take a look right now. I want you to take a good look at your life right now. If you don't like something about it, close your eyes and imagine the life you want. Now, allow yourself to focus your inner eye on the person you would be if you were living that preferred life. Notice the differences in how you behave and and present yourself. Allow yourself to spend several seconds breathing in the new image, expanding your energy into this new way of widening your life. That is... um simply something I did every day when I climbed in and out of those trucks in January and February at 4 a.m. Do you recall when I said many of us can see but not many of us have vision? Every single one of us must close our eyes and climb in and out of the dark cold trucks of life with the choice to do it with humility or not. There's a growth process that is spoken to us every single day that we experience and must embrace to understand the what in our life. <laughs> Honestly, <laughs> I didn't think uh I didn't think he thought this was uh what I was going to say, which he did admit later. And frankly, at this time in my life, I was beginning to see, but still was seeking vision. As we completed what turned out to be a 2-hour mini training audition, I will never forget the questions he asked me before I unloaded. And what turned out to be my last truck at Toys R Us. He asked, Mark, so Mark, if you're in a room with with team members of all ages, how do you propose to get them to begin an internal widening process? Politely, I smiled and said something that uh, I was always taught. I said, if one is not willing to open their mind and learn, no one can help them. But if one is determined to learn, No one can stop them. Mm. Great meeting, I would say. But when I left his office (laughs) on that cold morning, it seemed as though everyone in the store was looking at me as if I was an alien. And of course, inquiring minds wanted to know. Heck, I didn't know myself. But something uh, that I did uncover was the real reason of what the significance of that conversation would mean to me later in my life if I only knew then, what I know now. Let's move to the next letter in what, and I said that is the heart. I mentioned at the beginning uh, how the reassessment of what I feel my passion to do today really made me think about so many things I've experienced in my past. Now as a speaker, a trainer, a son, (laughs) the best husband in the world, a father, and a grandfather, I find myself always referencing something that no one can measure in life. Something that humans always attempt to measure is the feelings within the heart. It was two weeks after that meeting with the regional director that I found myself in a shirt and a tie positioned in a conference room in Dayton, Ohio. Yes, unproven, untested, Explaining to store managers the importance of the mindset with employees and the understanding to discuss the what and find out what is driving them to be at their best. Well, just as I expected, questions begin to swirl around the room about the new guy that was, quote, fresh off the loading dock. Coming in to tell them how they should should act and how they should feel. After being um, introduced. I decided to do something very unconventional. I told them to to write down the single most important thing that was in their heart at this very moment. When they were done, they were asked to take a 15-minute break. But during the break, the regional director said that he was very intrigued and excited to see the outcome of this exercise. The method behind my madness was needed for them to be comfortable enough to truly express what is in their heart. Now, mystified uh, of what was to come, they all returned to the conference room and I felt the need to start the meeting off with writing two things on the board. The first quote was written by Helen Keller. It says, the best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen or even touched. They must be felt with the heart. See, I always remember the look from from everyone that day in that room or perhaps it, it may have been my own internal feelings. See, this unproven, untested new guy fresh off the loading dock man standing there what does he know while that could have been uh again the thoughts at the time i reminded myself that we all have a driving force within that we truly can only share a portion of see we give just enough of our thoughts and feelings most of the time is that because of the fear of opening up uh, something that will will become usage against us at a later time it could be or was it just just we don't know how to accurately describe what's truly in our heart? I believe um, honestly both of those are accurate to a certain degree But what's also true is that nobody in this world can assess what is really in our heart There have been so many instances in my life that the inner workings of my heart were questioned And I couldn't understand how more important why it was even questioned So in each step of my growth It made me realize my unmeasurable heart is mine, and I own it. And if I have a true vision of of the purity within, it doesn't matter who chooses to question or even attempt to measure. Well, the second thing that I did right on the board was the training rules for the day. This happened to be fundamental principles that I still apply in my life every single day. That's simple. Before you act, listen. Before you react, think. Before you criticize, wait, before you pray, forgive, and before you quit, assess what is in your own heart. It was at that point I strongly felt that I had obtained some trust among the class to allow us to to engage in a deeper discussion. You know, as my day (laughs) in the new role of a Toys R Us trainer unfolded, I thought after lunch would be a great time to ask them to share what they had written and folded up at the very beginning of the class. Remember that—that that was the single most important thing in their heart. Initially, I heard the traditional ones that were expected. You know, my spouse, my kids, my parents. You know, the things that drives us all, and that we keep with us, uh, and we keep with us, and, and we keep it locked in every day. But one of the ladies, um, I'm going to call her Jane, who uh, had been a manager for eight years, unveiled the single most important thing in her heart. Was her neighbor. With intrigue in my spirit. I asked why her neighbor. She explained that she had been taking care of the neighbor's daughter since Thanksgiving of 1990. She went on to say that this young lady's father had passed away on a Thanksgiving morning. Her mother had passed a few years earlier. So Jane's heart challenged her to do what she could do to help out. She became a surrogate mother. Support system and a confidant through all the high school and college years. Jane took it upon herself to not only work at towards our Us, but work at other odd jobs to make sure that the young girl's needs were met. <laughs> With that confession, the whole room was in tears, <laughs> even the guy fresh off the loading dock. I reminded this group of what I wrote on the board earlier. The best and most beautiful things in the world cannot be seen nor touched. But are felt in the heart. You know, and um, as we close the day, I went back and I closed by, by going back to the board to write something else. And I wrote, No beauty shines brighter than that of a good heart. What we need to understand and how we need to understand and be okay to understand if I only knew then what I know now. Let's move to the A and the T in what. And I said that was among difficult times. I must admit, driving back from Dayton to Columbus was a somber drive. From learning how to teach and facilitate groups and hoping that I made an impact so they learned enough that day to help their employees see a bigger vision among difficult times. I thought about my own life and how it measured up to what Jane was doing for someone that she admitted later (laughs) had never spoken to her until her parents died. It made me also wonder did I really want to speak and facilitate to groups of managers on a premise that I personally felt strong about, or just go back to something that I was comfortable with, which was manual labor. As I turned the radio on with the hope of taking my mind off these thoughts, I found myself drifting and replaying how I reacted among difficult times See, there has always uh, they, let me back up they have always said the choices you make have consequences some are good yet some are bad and it really isn't for for anyone to judge the choice you make in those difficult times it took me many difficult times to believe that an arrow can only be shot by pulling it backwards So when I was so when life was dragging me back with difficulties, it meant that I was going to it was going to launch me into something great. Believe in something great. I just needed to keep focused and keep aiming that arrow. If I only knew then what I know now, you know, through the next year, every training class divulged stories of life events um, that they endured among difficult times. There was a lot of tissues used for, for the tears that were shed and a lot of bonding with each which other as a result. Often, you know, we never knew the pain we all experience, along with what it takes to reach that, that point of peace that we so desire in our life. Time and time again, I walked into a room of managers as a total stranger, <laughs> the guy fresh off the loading dock, only to leave that same room with everyone in agreement of widening the heart among difficult times what let me close with another story that um, definitely epitomizes this series when james was a college student he had admired a lovely sports car in one of the dealer showrooms for a long long time he knew that his parents could afford it and and uh, he told them that is the car that he all he wanted as a gift for the day of graduation. Well, graduation day came and his father had called James into his private office. He told him, I'm very proud to have a son as good as you. He told him how much he loved him and handed him a lovely wrapped gift. James felt disappointed, but he was curious to know what it was. So he opened the box and saw a leather bound Bible. You are so wealthy and all you can give me is a Bible. James shouted at his father with anger and then abruptly left the house. As the years went on, James had never forgave his father and had a very strained relationship with him. He would speak with his mother on occasion, but really didn't want to have a conversation with his father at all. Time had passed and James became a successful businessman. He was happily married now with two children. Their family lived in a beautiful house. However, his soul still hurt due to the broken relationship with his father. One day he received a call from his mother. She told him that his father had passed According to the last will and testament James had inherited all the possessions of his father When James arrived at his parents house The mother greeted him with tears on her face and handed him the Bible his father tried to give him on graduation day Still gift-wrapped Sadness had filled his heart as he looked at it With tears in his eyes, he opened the Bible and read a verse that was underlined by his father. It read, And if ye, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your Heavenly Father give to those who ask of him? Suddenly, a car key had dropped from the back of the Bible. He knew it was the keys to that same car that he had desired at that time years ago. James also found a tag with the date of his graduation on it and the words paid in full Mm -mm -mm. If I only knew then what I know now You know everything that we have done and will do in our lives is purposeful in many so many ways You've heard me say before that how you do anything is everything right? It is indisputable that all of us have to go through tough times in life, but we are choosing to widen our hearts among difficult times is a million dollar question. Do you recall what I said earlier? I hope you wrote that down. Here's your chance again. I said in my life, I've learned not only who I am, but what I am. This allows me to understand the why in my process. And to accept the blessings received to say, if I only knew then what I know now. Just like when I was asked as a guest on that podcast I spoke of earlier, there are times in our life that the superficial answer is not the real answer that we truly seek. You know, if you're not, if not you right now, who is that person that comes to mind that needs to hear this message to widen the heart among difficult times? The answer to what? Please share this thought, share this message Let them know that you got them Heck, I got you, if if, if it's you personally I always remember, while this time may be unsettling for you While you may feel like you're under your rope While you may feel that somebody's pulling you off your square Always remember, your why is greater than your situation Which is part of your process To my wife Tasha, my mom Mama Sarah, I love each of you very, very much. And thank you again for your support. To our children and grandchildren, Papi, Noma, I love you, and we will see you soon. It's on to say, it's okay to say, if I only knew then what I know now. Because we all do. But to do that, you have to understand something. And that is a simple premise that I write all the time. And that's change begins and ends within. To ensure we embark on actions that will remain consistent with legacy changing actions in 2022 god bless you and i will speak with you soon